Good morning. Welcome to Laurel Church of Christ Bible study on 1 Corinthians. Uh, today we're going to find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Today uh, our outline will be uh, there's 21 verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. The first section will be assessing others, assessing others. And that will be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And then secondly, we find another section, a lesson on humility. And that's um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 13. Lessons in humility. And that's verses 6 through 13. And then thirdly, we find the purpose for writing uh, and we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Let us pray. Most heavenly and gracious and merciful Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the blessings that you give us each and every day. We just thank you so much for your son, Christ Jesus, and all the ways that he has continued to bless us. We just thank you so much for all of God's beauty and grandeur. We thank you for uh, blessing us. Um, and, and lifting us up, uniting us through the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for uh, the salvation that is found in that blood. We thank you so much for the continued blessings. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So here uh, we find um, in chapter 4, Paul is uh, continuing on this discussion of division in the church of Corinth. Over here we have this discussion uh, kind of coming to a conclude, uh, coming to a conclusion, and we know that um, from chapter one uh, that all of this really came from um, the report, uh, the problem reported by the House of Chloe. Uh, he describes the purpose of assessing others um, and why God should be the one to be doing the evaluations, and that's um, in verses one through five, uh, and using himself. Uh, and Apollos, uh, who we saw mentioned uh, earlier in the passage, um, as examples to help them to see uh, the area of ar arrogance. Apparently, um, arrogance is, is a common theme uh, in this chapter, and we're going to see that uh, play out. And that's verses 6 through 13. And then again, the purpose of the writing wasn't to shame. Uh, I think it's important to understand uh, that Paul was writing, and he says it quite clearly that it wasn't to shame the Corinthians, uh, but to uh, encourage them to do um, to do what's right and to do uh, what is the godly thing to do, um, but to warn them, right? And he also talks about this concept of sending Timothy, uh, which you know, uh, Timothy accompanied Paul on, on many of his uh, ministerial um, journeys. And so we remember in chapter one, um, it was about understanding the division and how it's unacceptable in the church and that we should be boosting in the Lord. And chapter two uh, was the folly of human wisdom and that um, human wisdom is absolute folly. Uh, it's, it's rubbish. Uh, and that wisdom, only godly wisdom, is the wisdom that we should um, aspire for and that we should appreciate 
in chapter three, uh, there was this the spiritual maturity versus the carnality uh, and the folly and the folly of of relying on um, on earthly wisdom. So uh, in our first section, assessing others was was what I would call that. When um, we read here, and this goes from verse uh, one uh, through five, let no man consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewardship that one be found faithful. And so we hear uh, this this concept here of servant and stewards, uh, and explains uh, two critical uh, thoughts, right? Um, we see, uh, let no man consider, or depending on the version, it might say regard, it might say regard, um, or account, primary, uh, it's a primary uh, mathematical and accounting term, uh, then a cognitive process. It's this whole concept of um, to calculate, the result of calculation, evaluation, to look upon and consider. Uh, the two terms we find here are a servant and minister. Servant and minister um, technically are terms that are used uh, for government officials or ones who are helpers, right? So we see this concept of uh, servant um, perpetuated throughout the throughout this this past this uh, this book. The term helper. The term the term helper. This is also was also what we see, and then um, Stuart, um, or um, if you're in the New uh, King James Version, it might say one trusted is a manager of a household, uh, is, is or estate. It's not the homeowner, but a servant that is entrusted with the task of managing the house, or the one that's looking over the house. Um, so it's kind of interesting that these terms are used here. Uh, uh, to, but Paul definitely is is making sure that everyone realizes that the author, that the uh, audience realizes that he is a servant of Christ, and that uh, he is just taking care of the affairs uh, that are ultimately of God, um, and ultimately belong to Christ. So I think that's helpful there, uh, and show some humility too uh, of Paul. Uh, and he he also uh, outlines um, let us. Uh, so he's also talking about Apollos in that us, which is important to realize. The chief responsibility. Uh, um, so in verse two, it says, moreover, it is required in stewardship that one be found faithful. This is very important. So this concept of stewardship, was re- which was revealed. And the concept of stewardship and 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 how it's important that this person is faithful. Uh, one of the most essential qualities of a servant or steward is being obedient to the master. So if I so if if you have a concept or you, if you have a a servant that isn't um, obeying uh, the master or isn't trusted by the master, then his his service uh, is probably no longer needed. It's important for Paul to to describe himself this way because later on he's going to talk about this whole concept of him being an imitator of Christ, an imitator of Christ. 
And so this is why this is all very important. Let us consider. Um, let us consider um, here um, that is that um, faithfulness is important. Faithfulness is important. Uh, so he sets he sets here, Paul, um, the 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 concept of of, of faithfulness, the, the concept of servant or stewardship, and uh, how he and Apollos should be uh, perceived. Uh, in the structure, but also importantly, how we as servants of Christ uh, should be aligned. If we move down to verse 3, but with me, it is very small thing that I should be judged by you or by human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know nothing against myself, yet I am justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Until the Lord comes, who is both bringing the light to light, the, the hidden things of the darkness and reveals in the council of hearts. Then each one will praise will come from God. So it's important here. Again, it's really a carryover that we see uh, in the previous chapters where uh, there was a heavy reliance or a heavy um, high esteem given to um, earthly wisdom and earthly men. And they were looking at uh, each other uh, in the church of Corinth and really looking at themselves and saying, hey, I am I am the I am this. I am that. I'm Apollos. I'm a Cephas. Um, And we saw that back in, in the previous passage. And it's important here that uh, Paul uh, puts the, the focus rightly where it belongs, which is on Christ Jesus and, and not man. And so we see here that he really outline, he, he really lays it out in a way where it's really clear to um, the Corinthians that they should not be puffed up and that they should not be um, using other people to, um, to, to really be a, a barometer of, of faith. Um, but he does say that he, that you should imitate him in a way that, um, that is aligning, uh, himself with God and his, his, in humility as well. So in verse, uh, three to five, um, there's a couple of things that we probably should talk about here. Uh, Christians, uh, uh, Christians, uh, are called to be, um, uh, are called to not to judge, uh, are called to, to not to judge each other. Um, and Paul says that in, in no uncertain terms, uh, because he's really saying, um, he is not worried about being judged, um, by people or by human court. And, and Paul is not being arrogant, um, and saying that, um, He's just saying that uh, these um, unbelievers shouldn't be a, a, a shouldn't be a a judge of of righteousness, right? But he's saying that the um, that that the life um, of the Christian uh, shouldn't be tied to um, worldly um, acceptance, worldly acceptance. 
Um, and then he even says even further, um, not even oneself, but rather the Lord. Um, are we looking for acceptance from um, our family, uh, from our political structure, from our socioeconomic structure? Uh, are we looking for that kind of acceptance or are are or are we looking for acceptance in the Lord, which is really the more critical uh, acceptance? And it's important here because here we see that acceptance of the Lord is more important. Um, and that um, Paul says uh, he's going to lead by example as a, as a humble leader. He's saying uh, in verse five, therefore, I judge, judge, therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring uh, the light and the darkness. Uh, and so why are we um, using human judgment? And why are we focusing on this judgment, uh, which ultimately uh, doesn't bring the type of judgment that's going to come when the Lord comes? So why be focused on human judgment? Because it's really uh, futile. Uh, in the long scheme of our uh, of eternity. So in the next section, uh, which is the second section, which would be the lesson on humility, um, it sounded like the Corinthians needed. There were folks who were puffed up, who were proud um, in their knowledge, proud in their status, and they just found so many different ways to be uh, divisive. And so uh, Paul is addressing that uh, head on. So uh, starting off in verse six, it says, now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sake, that you may learn in us not to think beyond that is written, uh, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one another, uh, one, uh, on behalf of one against another. Sporting here. Um, so Paul is, is really um, taking this thing head on. Uh, pride and arrogance were great problems in, in the church in Corinth. Uh, we see it in verse 18. Um, we, we see it um, in, in previous um, chapters. Uh, we're going to see it in um, chapter 5, verse 2. Um, we see it again uh, in chapter 8, verse 1. We see that this idea of arrogance uh, really presented a real challenge uh, for the church. Uh, and Paul and Apollos are used as examples of how uh, hum how we should be uh, humble. Uh, and Paul is speaking uh, figuratively in the Corinthians uh, to, to to learn about Christ um, more more appropriately and keeping the focus on biblical things uh, and taking our cues from the Scripture and not from human example, uh, which is clear that that was happening, uh, that we would see uh, some of the Corinthians look at others, and as they look at others, there was some um, jealousy, there was some strife, there were some divisions that were occurring amongst the church, and, and it's good that we should be uh, mindful of these things, uh, and that I should not be judging my uh, service uh, based on anybody else, uh, but the service to the Lord and according to the scriptures. Verse 7 says, For who makes you any different from, from another? And what do you have that you, that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? 
and again here here we go it's this whole idea of um the strife that was occurring in the church this division um and one looking at another in terms of um, comparisons right comparisons are, are are never are never uh are never accurate because uh you don't know what's going on right and then oftentimes we get caught in this little do loop and we're and we're never ever um pleasing uh, focused on pleasing god but we're focused on pleasing uh someone else uh, or trying to compare ourselves to someone else and that should not be so um he kind of rebukes them in a the form of, of irony right um for the fact that they had uh they they were source uh, that that they that they were the source of what they had. Um, this puff up state of the Corinthians uh, pride was evident. Um, there was pride, there was, it seems to be uh, different cliques. We the Paul is Are you a Paul? Are you a Cephas? Uh, we we saw that this whole concept here, and that it created um, differences uh, between us. Right? It, it created these factions, and, and and don't we have that today? Where we find um, maybe their political or cultural things um, to to divide us, and we use that as a lightning rod uh, to kind of keep us apart. Uh, the same things are happening here. Uh, a lot of ways, it's a human nature for us to be cliquish, but it's something that we have to really fight against um, in a godly way because uh, these are things that really seek to divide us. Right? Division. Uh, is, is the main theme here. It appears that there was a problem there and it's a problem. It's going to be a problem for us in which we have to be guarded and we, that we have to be mindful of uh, as time goes, goes on. Um, and it's, fo- it's important because Paul says all these things that, that, that you boast about, all these things come from God. So why are we boasting? Why are we boasting? Why are we focused on those things? Uh, why are we focused on things that, that only come from God in the first place and can and can only uh, be of God? So in the next section here, we're going to see in verse 9 to uh, 13, um, we're going to read a little bit more. Um, and they're going to talk about um, the example. Paul's going to talk about examples um, of the apostles. Uh, but but first, uh, he continues in this this uh, rebuke, uh, which which we find here in seven and eight. You are already paid. You are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And indeed, I could wish you did reign that you that uh, we also might reign with you. And look at this thought here in verse nine. Uh, for I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, so he's look, looking at the apostles as an example, last, as men condemned to death. Uh, this is uh, the litany of things that, that apostles went through. For uh, we have made, they made a public spectacle. It's kind of interesting that term spectacle is there um, because spectacle is this image of grandeur, right? And you can think of uh, back in early Roman culture, where uh, you think of this image of a Colosseum uh, and this parade of, of a conquering Roman general, right? And this grandeur, right? And this the people, oh, look at me and, 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 and look at what's happening. Uh, and it's interesting, uh, the term spectacle uh, is where we get 
is the word uh, terathon, which is where we get the word theater, right? And when you think of uh, theater today, we go to our theater and there's there's a spectacle, right? This this thing uh, that, that, that we should take notice. But look what he says here. It's, re- it's really important. Um, verse 9. I'm going to read it again. For I think that God has displayed us, right? Uh, or uh, displayed us, the apostles, alas, last, last, right? Uh, as men condemned to death, for that we have been made a spectacle, right, to the world, both angels and to men. This is interesting. So uh, if you think of, of theater, uh, there was this, there was this, the, every men uh, looked at the apostles and, and gave, and gave attention to this, to the apostles, all to glorify God. We are fools for the sake of Christ, but you are wise in Christ. Oh, listen to this. So how can apostles be fools and the Corinthians be wise? That's silly, right? Uh, but what he's talking about here is, is, is he's, he, he said, hey, look at the irony. You guys are puffed up and we're humble. And look at all we've been through. We've been through death. We've been through um, so much uh, persecution. All these things we're doing, we're doing, and we're not proud, but you are. Why are you proud? Why you're proud is because you are focused on yourself and you're creating these divisions. You're arrogant, you're puffed up. And because of that, you are not serving God. You should be imitators of us. And he's going to get to that. Um, so in verse 10, um, we are fools for the uh, Christ for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. Come on, right? There's a there's an irony to this, right? And Paul's just outlining this uh, in a real precise way. Verse eleven: To the present hour, we both hungered and thirst, and we are poorly clothed and beaten, homeless. Look at this humility. You're puffed up, and look at what what Paul is going through. And we labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, press, being persecuted, we endure, being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as filth of the world, the scouring of all things until now. Wow. See, Paul is talking about how the apostles, even though it might look like in worldly standards, they finished last, um, they're really finishing first. Because uh, they're in the position of Christ, right? And I know you, you might say to yourself, well, Calvin, you know, the scriptures they say that the, that the first will be last and the last will be first. Yeah, that's precisely the thought pattern that Paul is outlining here, is that at the end of the day, they are glorifying God. And because of that, there's no reason to, to boast if you're not. Because if you're boasting and you're arrogant, if you're boasting... In worldly and worldly thought, if you're boasting in human wisdom, you are boasting for the wrong uh, reasons, and that's what really Paul is getting down to. Um, very powerful stuff. Very powerful stuff. And so uh, then we get into our third section here, and the third section is the purpose of writing. Uh, and, um, and Paul lays it right out. I do not write these things to shame you. Um, but as my beloved children, I warn you, I think it's very important, uh, when you think about, 
uh, how Paul is writing uh, with love and gentleness. He sees them uh, as loved ones, right? And I even think about uh, when I'm disciplining my children, right? Uh, when I'm disciplining my children, I'm not doing it out of my 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 selfish reasons that I'm right and and that uh, the only thing that 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 is right is 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 what Calvin thinks of. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I discipline my children according to either God's word, uh, morality, uh, being decent, because all ultimately they're going to be servants for God. And so I, I love them, right? If, if, if they're disciplined, they're hugged, or they're told what they're supposed to be doing, there's a gentle way in doing it. There's a way of assuring that love is there. Same thing is happening here. Uh, there's this whole idea of uh, beloved children um, and shame you, warning you. Paul's purpose was not to shame, uh, was not to be a one-up on them. Um, they were in significant danger, and because he loved them, uh, he saw the significant danger they were in, and he and he encouraged them uh, in this way to 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 flee. Um, and going on to uh, verse to verse fifteen, um, verse fourteen is very interesting because uh, despite the carnal uh, nature of the Corinths um, uh, and the the immaturity, Paul looked on them with affection, with affection. And we got to think about that, right? As Christians, when we are dealing with other Christians, uh, dealing with those in the household of faith, uh, are we dealing with them from a place of, of, of anger or resentment? Are we doing it from a place of love and gentleness and kindness and really seeking the, 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 um, the favor that God deserves for that person, right? And do we, are we really doing this uh, to 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 help to restore our brother, uh, or are we doing it because we we want to be right and 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 they're wrong, and I think what happens is Paul is really challenging them in a really um, interesting way and really looking at and looking at how he's challenging them uh, and really and really letting them know that hey you know what I'm I'm not here to 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 condemn to condemn you I'm here to encourage you I'm here to point this out. Uh, and sometimes when you're when you're caught in pride and you're caught in arrogance, you can't see things because you can't see things because yourself is in the way. Uh, and I know that's been a challenge for me, and I'm sure it's probably been a challenge for you, too. For though you might have 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 though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers for in Christ Jesus. I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, uh, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. It's important here uh, that uh, in this, uh, he uses this term, you might have 10,000 instructors. Uh, so an instructor, uh, this term, uh, would be the idea of a guardian or a slave guide who escorted um, uh, boys uh, to and from school uh, and who would supervise them in general conduct, right? And so when you think of this context, you see um, Jesus had begotten you uh, to the gospel. So instructors did not have legal authority over those who they watched over, right? 
Uh, and Paul had that same unique uh, situation. Uh, he was an apostle. Uh, he didn't have any authority. The authority really came from God, right? Uh, and he was speaking as an apostle, an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Uh, so he had that same uh, type of, uh, of position. But in the same way um, that the instructor um, would have some influence over uh, those who they're overseeing or taking care of, um, Paul is saying he's in, he's in the same way. Uh, and so we should be imitators of him. And what does that mean? Imitators uh, in, in ways of how he is focused on uh, kingdom business and, and how he's not focused despite the resume, uh, the spiritual resume that would be exemplary. Uh, he's saying uh, he's focused on Jesus because Jesus is the reason uh, why he's doing all this and and that we and that the, the Corinthians uh, should be imitators uh, of of him. Uh, and so in verse 17, for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ. So there you go. What are you imitating? His ways in Christ. Are you trying to be uh, a prolific speaker? Are you trying to be influential? No, no, no. His ways in Christ. Christ, again, is the focus. Christ is the linchpin. You go back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that very same uh, linchpin, that very same uh, focus, that cornerstone is Christ Jesus. And then Paul brings us right back to that again. Um, so uh, depending on uh, what version you might have, King James says to be followers, um, the uh, NIV, which is what I have, um, says imitate, um, and then we see uh, be imitators, uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna eventually get to First Corinthians chapter uh, eleven and verse one, but we see uh, a similar a similar a similar thought here, which says imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Um, so this whole concept of 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 uh, to Im imitate um, really is not coming from um, don't imitate because uh, Paul is, is someone who uh, you should aspire to be. I remember growing up, it was a commercial that would come on and say, you want to be like Mike, right? Uh, then recently, this documentary came out about Michael Jordan, and there was a whole bunch of personal things and, and vices that he had. And uh, I, I wonder now if, if if parents knew what they might know now, if they would be singing that song to their kids or encouraging their kids to be like Mike. But Mike is a person just like me and just like you, uh, who is who is um, who is able to fall and to, to dust themselves back up and to repent and to move forward. But here we see we need to be imitating Christ, not man. Same thing that that happened to to me and to us. Um, and, to, and, to, and to a lot of us, uh, which is where we might be focusing in on human examples, uh, where we should be really focused in on um, heavenly examples. Uh, and Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And that's what uh, Paul is really trying to get, um, is really trying to get through on that point.
Uh, here we see Timothy, um, who we know uh, was was with uh, Paul on, on several missionary journeys. Uh, he will come uh, and he will uh, pretty much uh, come and 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 um, and remind you of the ways of Christ, not the ways of me, not the ways of Apollos, not the ways of Cephas, the ways of Christ. See, it's bringing it back to Christ, and that's where the focus should be. Uh, and teach everywhere in every church. And some of you, uh, verse 18, and now some are puffed up as though I were not coming, but I will come to you shortly. And if the Lord wills, I will, I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but of power for the kingdom of God is, is not in word and power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spiritual gentleness? And that's kind of an interesting ending, isn't it? Because we just talked about uh, some of the gentleness of Paul. But Paul is also um, knowing that, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a little um, stern with these folks. Um, these folks uh, we see are puffed up. Uh, and they were arrogant, thinking that they would never have to face Paul again. And and they were proud in, in their ways. And Paul, rightly so, um, kind of focused them back uh, so they cannot go on sinning and unchallenged. Uh, because Paul uh, was writing again to urge them and to, to plead with them uh, to do the right thing. Um, it's very important um, that uh, here... Uh, in the in verse 21, uh, it's interesting um, that uh, he uses the term children. And then uh, here we see uh, th this rod. Paul Paul leaves it out, the ball in their court. Uh, it wasn't a, 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 a thing of intimidation, but it's a thing of, hey, what, what I'm coming to you guys in the spirit of gentle, gentleness and love. Uh, what, like what? What does it take for you to to wake up and turn to turn away from yourself, really, right, in your carnality, uh, and turn to God and to and to follow God? So I hope this study uh, today was good for you. It was good for me. Uh, today we're studying uh, in a rural area on the eastern shore of Maryland, uh, and I just thought it was just beautiful to hear the birds in the back. There's uh, water in the in front of me. And, I'm just looking around at God's goodness all around me, uh, and it's just just a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful study. I uh, hope you appreciate the study, uh, and um, God bless you and keep you, and look forward to our next discussion on 1 Corinthians chapter 5. God bless.